Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in paranormal activity, UFOs, glitch in the matrix type things, dream realities, cryptids, anything completely out of the ordinary. This is episode 13 and today we have a story of somebody that woke up one day and a different layout of their house was there. Another one is a government employee, witnesses an insane UFO report, records it successfully, has a second witness watch it. Then after they report it, it goes missing from their government phone, which was also uploaded to a server, and it's missing from everything. It is the first week of October, 2022, and I'm just gonna get right into the first story. So this is an exclusive. This is somebody I know. I used to live in the Albuquerque area, and I have really close people that I keep keep in contact with in the Roswell area. And there is more than one or two crazy stories coming from those areas. The, the whole state of New Mexico is full of all kinds of different mysteries and sight, not just sightings in the skies, but people seeing chupacabras and creatures that shouldn't exist. Weird things like that. So this is her story. She was coming back from work one night and she was on a road between the cities of Tatum, which is a very small town. No one's probably ever heard of that. So she was driving between Tatum and Roswell. Roswell, everybody in the whole world knows, even though it's kind of a small town. But she describes this empty freeways. They're just empty, isolated areas, complete desert, a lot of military presence, like abandoned missile silos, all kinds of stuff. I think both Roswell and Albuquerque has the big one, but I, Roswell has another military base, if I remember right. So she's driving there and she sees, she calls them bright orbs, were chasing each other in the sky. She said it was completely insane. They were also exploding and imploding, which seems odd. Her first reaction was to pull over, pull out her cell phone, and she started filming. And she says, not only was she filming this whole thing, but they were just putting on this massive display in the sky. And she remembers particularly looking through the screen of her phone, making sure that the little recording icon was recording and that she was capturing all this action. At some point in the video, she says like out of nowhere, she just sees her whole area light up like it was daytime. And while she's filming, and she films this too, her words, if I remember this right, was something like, you can hear me on the video yelling like, oh my God, oh my God, what the F is going on? What is that? And then the lights, she, and her words were, they responded to my voice and they shot all the way to the other side of the sky in like no time. And then they disappeared and doing so, just leaving her on the side of the road in the dark by herself. And at that point, she just got back into her car and, and drove off uh, back to Roswell. So when she makes it to her house, she says there wasn't any missing time or anything. And she made makes it to her house and she shows she had somebody like a friend of the family watching her house pets and stuff and so she shows him and she's like look at this look at this and he they're like oh my god what is that what's going on and they i guess they were both just blown away by this footage she's like okay someone else is seeing this they decide that they're supposed to report this to move on so the first thing they do is they go on the internet and they write an email and she describes what she saw documenting it. The witness admits that neither of them were tech experts. So she says after they sent the email reporting the sighting and describing having video evidence, she said it was almost immediate. They get a response saying, please upload your video evidence. And she was like, this was maybe between like 2014, 2015. So she didn't really have super good knowledge of taking something from a cell phone, connecting it to the desktop computer, copying the files. She didn't, she wasn't ready to do all that in the, at that night. And either was the house sitter they decided, well, they'll just do it in the morning. So the next morning, 
the guy, you know, the second witness, the guy that watched the videos calls her up and he's like, hey, let's upload this footage. Like, let's figure out how to do this. She's like, all right. You know, so I guess he goes over to her house or whatever ended up happening is they, they, they were both sitting there trying to find this video and it was gone. She has a, um, like a government phone. She was a government employee using that phone. She says not only is her phone like triple protected because of work she had to do, it was like password protected for everything. So she said there was like three layers of passwords and little things to get through to delete something. The other thing that was weird is that everything was being uploaded to its server. I just thought, what a weird coincidence that it was right after they reported it to MUFON that it was gone. And when asking about the server, right away she called the IT department of her work asking to for help in retrieving the deleted video. Uh, from this point on, I'm just going to call her Rhonda. The IT department helped her look first on the phone again, and then I guess it's an iCloud account that the IT department has access to. It was not there. The IT department told Rhonda specifically that even if she'd accidentally deleted it on her phone, that it definitely would have been backed up where he was where he was looking in, in the cloud, the, the server. It was gone, nothing was there. And then she followed up that comment by saying, seriously, if her house sitter hadn't seen it, that she might've even thought that, you know, she was imagining the whole thing. So yeah, she was real thorough on trying to get this video back. They watched it, she thought, between like 15 and 20 times in a row that night because it was so wild, especially the part where she said to it, just lit up the whole area around her, like from nighttime to daytime. And she said you could see, instantly see everything, her car, her logo on the car, government logo on the car. Yeah, she was pretty bummed that that, that video got deleted. When I asked about the movements of these things, like exploding and imploding, her comment was something along the lines of, it didn't seem to have any kind of uh, clear purpose to the movements. She was really freaked out, probably a lot of high adrenaline while she was watching that and just making sure she was recording. They were like big balls of light, and when they imploded, they imploded like just the opposite of exploding, like if you'd, I guess, like put it on reverse. Just wild stuff. I can't remember hearing a story like that. So there would be no way for it to, in a normal everyday setting, for it to just be deleted, not show up the guy can't find like that doesn't make any like logical sense my guess is some kind of entities that can you know just kind of manipulate tech in a way that we don't understand just got that video out of her phone and got it out of the server i'm sure they can do that i'm sure i think an iphone is like a stick to one of these things like they can just do whatever they want with it it's not it's not like high tech to them like to, to us it is but to them it's not the story gets a little stranger as well because Roswell is such a hot spot for these conferences and UFO stuff. And there was a MUFON uh, like convention in Roswell. So her idea was to tell her story. I guess that one of the main directors were, was at the conference. And I guess he had a table set up and she told her story. She told him what happened. When she was explaining to me his reaction, she said, it seems so odd because not only, you know, he wasn't, he didn't seem surprised by it, but he also didn't seem to care. I don't know, maybe maybe they meet a lot of wackos, you know, being MUFON. But the second thing she said was even more strange. She said that his pretty much only statement was, hey, why don't we all get a picture? Like, that was the first thing his mind went to? I guess, like, she had family there and stuff, like, they all kind of went. Not only is her, like, her sighting was totally swept under the rug, deleted from existence, 
but the MUFON guy doesn't seem to react at all to her story and also wants to get almost like like record of her appearance like for it's just i don't know that that story just seems so so bizarre when talking to Rhonda, i said hey what happened to the email so why don't we just at least you know check that out that was deleted that was gone possibly another reason why she said like if if the second witness didn't see this video she was like i, I would have maybe thought that like i dreamed it up or something so at least there's that, you know, this can be collaborated by two different people. And I've heard from both of them. I've talked to both of them. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Another road trip that Rhonda went on coming back from Albuquerque. It was an Albuquerque work trip, Roswell to Albuquerque and then back. She had to go and she had a coworker with her in the car. They stopped in the city of Vaughn. Vaughn I would just, if you just like kind of looked at it, it wouldn't look like a city. It's really, really small. And there's like this big gas station gift shop type thing. And it's on the, on the way to Roswell from Albuquerque. So at that stop, they got snacks. Her and her coworker got snacks and she texted her son that there'll be about, you know, it was about an hour and a half or so to, to Roswell. So, you know, just letting him, letting him know we're on our way. We will be there. And you lose signal a lot driving outside of Albuquerque. So it's a good spot to, you know, send a message. Like I used to do that. I've made that trip a bunch of times. She gets like popcorn and snacks. And then while they're driving away or pretty quick after this stop, her coworker says, Hey, look at that tree. That is such a weird tree. And think about like, like that's desert, 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 like in the movies type desert around there. There's not a lot of trees anyway, but... So that's the commentary from that trip. And then I asked, like, what was the tree? She goes, I don't remember looking at the tree. Actually, the next thing that Rhonda told me she remembered was pulling up in her driveway. But it was 5 p.m. at night with her coworker. And her, her son was in the driveway already running out, freaking out. So imagine the scene. The son was yelling things like, we were about to call the state police. Like, what happened to you? Why did it take so long? Where did you go? You know, like normal things. And then she says, I just remember wondering what he was so upset about. She wasn't thinking about the missing time yet, even though he was saying it. So she was kind of describing a daze. And she said her coworker was sitting there saying nothing. And the son was sitting there like yelling to her. And she wasn't even thinking about the missing time. She wasn't thinking about what happened. All she was thinking about was like, why is he so upset? And she kept kind of saying this when I was like, um, she really wanted to reiterate that point. To her, it seemed like she was in almost like a daze. And it seemed like her coworker was in the same type of daze. And the weird thing was, is that they almost didn't even think about it at all. What happened that day until like years later. The coworker called her up to ask her what happened that day. They have no memory of anything except the tree and her saying, what a weird tree. There was just something weird about this tree. And that was the last thing they both remember. Now they got food, right? She makes this comment to me that the food was eaten. The weird thing is that she obviously doesn't have anything wrong with her memory because she's, she could list off everything that she bought like to this day. And this was uh, about 10 years ago. She she started saying the flavor of the snacks, that she got multiple candies. She had a large bottle of water. She had all these little snacks that she could list off, like, perfectly. But she couldn't tell me one thing about ha- what happened in the, in the four or five hours. So the coworker couldn't remember anything either. 
even years later. And the weird thing was is that she said that they never talked about it until that one time when the coworker called. And they tried like to almost like go back and forth to see if they could piece anything together and they couldn't. The roads to Roswell. Things things outside of Albuquerque, like if you get on some of these like lonely roads, like they are uh there's nothing else like it, I tell you. The only thing I could kind of add is, like, I've heard of these things called screen memories. And I was kind of letting her know, maybe the tree wasn't a tree. Sounds like the tree was something else. I've heard of these stories of people saying that they they stop at a diner or a restaurant on the side of a road only to have the whole family wake up the next day and to find that there was nothing there, that they pulled over into wilderness or desert and literally nothing there. One of them was they remembered going into a restaurant with like Christmas tree lights all around it. You know, one of the parents or the kids like started piecing it together. They were like, I think the restaurant was a UFO and the Christmas lights were like the lights of the UFO. And it was trying to make us think it was a restaurant. Another one was like a, uh, some kind of diner and the, the guy pulled over. And I think he said, you remember seeing like a, one of those like old fashioned lights strung up that was wiggling back and forth, waving back and forth in the, in the wind and stuff like a, and he said he thought that that was a good place to park and go to sleep or something. But when he woke up, he found that he drove his car completely off the side of the road and even like damaged it a little bit or something. I've heard a few of these stories, like where people are like, they, they swear that they see not, not just like a UFO or a spaceship or an alien or something, but they see like a full on structure. It's just a disguise as something else. Um, screen memories are, if you kind of listen to a lot of these like stories of UFOs and glitch in the matrix type things and paranormal things, a lot of these things end up kind of like alien type things or dimensional beings that can play tricks with your mind. Like a magician plays a card trick. They can kind of just play your mind like that. So the next story here is a uh, is going to be almost like a glitch this i've touched on some of these stories where people say that they just wake up and their whole world is different this guy sounded very upset when he wrote this he says uh i don't know what's going on i'm just going to start where the story takes off i don't know what's going on with me right now i'm genuinely considering seeking professional help i live in a really small shared dorm apartment with two roommates there's this hallway that if you face it there are two bedrooms on your right one bedroom on your left and a closet at the end of the hallway facing you the bedroom on the left is right next to the closet. When we moved in, my roommate always complained that they got a closet instead of a bathroom like me and my other roommate had in our rooms. This closet has a bunch of our shared stuff, including my clothes, gifts, keepsakes, whatever. Today I got back from visiting my parents and I came back to put away some clothes in this closet. But I opened it and saw a effing bathroom. A bathroom with a toilet and a shower and everything. I was only gone for two days, and we rent this place, so it couldn't have been randomly built or some S-word. I told my roommates, but they said it's always been a effing bathroom, and they had no idea what the hell I was talking about. I can't find any of the stuff that was in the closet anymore. Even though I had a ton of memorable keepsakes, he's writing in caps, in that effing closet. What the F? I spent all day just sulking in my room feeling miserable. I'm not crazy, but that bathroom was an effing closet just three days ago. I feel like I'm losing my GD mind. I'm genuinely considering seeing a psychologist right now. This isn't the first time I've heard about this. I've heard about people waking up with different decorations in their room. I've heard of another one. Check this one out. 
Saturday morning, I'm at home in my front room watching soccer, and it's a normal day. I'm not hungover or ill or anything, but as I'm watching TV, I suddenly get the worst headache I've ever experienced. It was literally crippling. I felt like I couldn't even move. I remember thinking to myself, just close your eyes and wait for it to go away. So that's what I did. At this point, I decided just to roll over and lie down. And the next thing that I know, I wake up and I'm in bed. And I remember it clear as day. I wasn't dreaming or anything. I was now wide awake. And I still had a little bit of a headache, but I was feeling much better. I assumed that I must have gone upstairs, probably with my parents' help, and I just slept it off. But that's when things started to get really strange. Although I was wide awake, I immediately realized that I was not in my bedroom. In fact, I didn't recognize the house. Now, again, I would like to stress, I was not dreaming. This was absolutely real. It felt real. And I have no memory of how I ended up in this house or in this room that I didn't recognize. So there I am collecting my thoughts, and I realize that I can hear noise coming from downstairs. In fact, it sounds quite lively. I can hear music and laughter and talking, but I'm really worried because I don't recognize the room that I'm in. So at this point, I was still trying to figure things out, and I just decided to stay in the room that I was in, but I was still feeling kind of strange. And since I heard noise coming from downstairs, I decided to get up and see what was going on. I walked out into the hallway, and it was immediately obvious that there was some kind of get-together or some kind of party going on at this house. At this point, I still didn't recognize where I was, but it did feel familiar, especially because I recognized most of the people that stood in the hallway. The first person that I come across was my uncle. I remember him asking me if I was feeling better. This was starting to make sense in some way, but I was worried that maybe I was suffering from some kind of memory problem. So I played along, like I knew exactly what he was talking about. But deep down, I still wasn't sure, and I just said, yeah, yeah, much better, I'm okay. And then I proceeded to have a good chat with him about work, home, the usual. We decided to part ways, and as we're leaving, he'll say something to me that I'll never forget. He says, thanks again for having us around tonight. I'm really enjoying it. Now, this is where it really gets weird. And it's at this point that I'm starting to suspect that some kind of prank or trick is being played. I was definitely not dreaming. It was all real. I can picture the house clear as day. The, I think it means laminate floors and the old-fashioned staircase and the really nice kitchen. So I moved through this party or get-together recognizing maybe 80% of the people. And then there's this one girl who was staring at me and I don't have a clue as to who she is. This is when I'm really beginning to get suspicious as something is definitely not right. Even the people that are recognized seem very different and have this completely different energy to them. Okay, now here's where it all kicks off. I guarantee you, you're not going to believe this next paragraph, but I swear on it. So I've talked to a couple of the people that I recognized and eventually make my way to the entryway and into the kitchen. Next to the kitchen door, there's a small chest of drawers with a newspaper on top. I pick up the newspaper for one reason or another. I don't really read the headline, although it has one on it, or look at the picture or anything else. And the date says Saturday, March 31st, 2018. So to him, that's weird because he posted this in 2019. Now, please, if anybody can explain this, I would appreciate it. 
my immediate thought that this was some kind of prank. So I was so scared when I read the date that I just stared at it for like a few minutes. I didn't even read the actual headline or anything else on the paper. I remembered I had something to do with trains. I remember looking for one of my friends nearby to ask them, when a hand lands on my shoulder, it's the girl who's been staring at me the whole time. She pulls me into the kitchen and closes the door behind us. This girl says that. She's not sure if I'm playing a trick on her. But about an hour ago, I told her that I had a headache and that I needed to give her a note about something. Okay, so he told her before that he had a headache and he needed to give her a note about something. And that, so she handed me back that note. And she tells me that if this is a joke, it's not very funny or believable. And then she walks out of the kitchen. Now, I'm not going to re relay everything that was on that note because some of the information that was on there was very personal. And I'm not going to tell you about it, but basically consisted of a list of five things that I needed to know. And I will share the first and the last and the first piece of advice was a warning of a text message that I would receive from an ex. It said to completely ignore the text and to not reply. And if I did, it would just lead to trouble. There were three other pieces of advice that were very personal. And the final thing was simply just to stop panicking. And in about 10 minutes, I'll be wondering whether or not this was even real. I read that piece of paper about a hundred times and then I stuffed it into my coin pocket of my jeans and then I remember getting the same headache again. I left the kitchen, went back to the bedroom about 10 minutes later. The last thing that I remember was seeing a picture next to the bed of me and the strange blonde girl from downstairs that I didn't even recognize. And then the next thing I know, I stood in my kitchen in the actual house where I was living at the time that I experienced this, which was way back in 2019, and I was talking to my mother. I have no idea what I was talking to her about because I was under the impression that we were in mid-conversation. So he just kind of like woke up mid-conversation. <laughs> just seems so weird in the first house in 2019 again. I promptly proceeded to write down as much as I could of what I remembered, and that's when I made this post. What's even more strange is that I didn't wake up in the bed. I was talking to my mother, and I seemed to have teleported or transported to another time period in what could be some kind of like alternate dimension. I didn't recognize the house. I didn't recognize a blonde girl. It was like a different version of reality. Isn't that just crazy? So in one of these other episodes I record, I, I um go through some stories of people that say that they've taken like psychedelics and had experiences like these where they claim it's um, another version of like a, a normal life or they get to see different versions of, of their own life, like alternate dimensions, like possibilities or probabilities. There's also another one I'm going to get into about, they call it the NDE wheel, like the near-death experience wheel. It's like this big wheel that is like a version of that, like it kind of holds other possibilities or probabilities and it just kind of goes through and like fixes things like some of the experiences are like car accidents where they say they see this big wheel after they get in a car accident and it kind of hits them like water but it's not water it's just like a almost like a portal that they go on and consciousness like shifting and things like that and some of these things seem to you don't even need psychedelics for some of these stories like some people have have these experiences with uh going under anesthesia for surgery one guy has like an experience like this after getting like beat up really bad and all um he kind of makes a couple more little uh comments but 
but just the overall handing a note back to yourself just strange i don't know how much of this stuff we're supposed to like try to figure out i'd like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast remember to click the rss feed the podcast is also on amazon podcasts uh, spotify stitcher a few different things like that and youtube BitChute. my patreon is patreon slash paradox walk and i'd like to thank my first patreon roxy the music is downbeat 88 moment of peace and the dark are the names of the tracks thanks for listening have a good day bye